perfect podcast go elsewhere you come you come to us for the truth and for just the the griminess and love of college football welcome back to the beer bottle qbs podcast this is week two of season four of the podcast last week you got a great preview we got our conference champions you got our tc or homer picks you got some of our playoff action a lot of great stuff so if you haven't listened to that episode go listen to it now and we had one college football game to really talk about, Siege, and that was Nebraska Cornhuskers getting upset by the fighting Brett Bielema's. Nebraska's absolute uh, trash can show. I mean, Scott Frost is probably the best guy that they could ever bring in there these days, and he's going to get fired. Like, that's how simple it is. Nebraska will never be good again. "Quote unquote national t- championship by UCF. You hire the hometown kid. He comes in and just sucks. I mean, that is a gut punch. It really is a gut punch. And CJ, we have a little bit of a live interjection. I'm in the middle of a fantasy draft, and I just went full homer and took Jalen Rager. So Let's go. Great pick. Had to interject. Then we're getting to the end of the the draft so it's going to be some real shitty picks by me so we're going to we're going to sprinkle that into the podcast for the rest I of the time I love it but back to Nebraska it's just a it's a dumpster fire of a program there's really nowhere you can go they're basically a mid major yeah completely agree i mean at this point it's i have no solution no solution well they have no recruiting base i mean they even get kids from california now i don't know how they're going to do that in the future and it's, it's kind of wild because they have a crazy, crazy stadium, and everyone says their home atmosphere is amazing, yet they're just getting run over by everyone they play these days, losing to Illinois in pretty bad fashion. I mean, it wasn't good. How do you still trot out Adrian Martinez at this point? He's basically been there for four years already, and your results are the same. How do you keep sending him out there? You have to change something. I mean, you, he, he seems like he's been there from 10, like you, 10 years. You literally sent me a text, how long has Adrian Martinez been at fucking Nebraska? And I literally thought 10 years. I think we were in like college when he was starting, when he was playing at Nebraska, I swear. He may be older than us. He may be older than us. But yeah, Nebraska, dumpster fire, that's all we really need to say about that. I think we can move on to this next slate of games now because there was – that was all that happened in the first weekend of college football was Nebraska being Nebraska. That's they Nebraska. That that's the new thing. Nebraska. They absolutely Nebraska. All right, see, we have a pretty good slate this week. Some really good openers and like coming off of COVID, I think this is going to be an amazing opening weekend, which should be which should be awesome for us. So, let's start with the, with the Thursday night game. Minnesota versus Ohio State. Last week we talked about how we both think Ohio State's going to be overrated. Is this the moment where you hit the P.J. Fleck row the boat bet and take him plus 14 or even money line? Ooh, Blake. I like P.J. Fleck at home opening game. They have done nothing at Minnesota except for pre- pre- to prepare for this game the entire offseason. I I don't know. This is the game where P.J. Fleck has to show it. He has to show his nuts and say, I belong in the Big Ten. Or, I mean, his seat starts to get hot. Where do you go from here if you're Minnesota? This is year four of P.J. Fleck. No results. That's true. I mean, this is really a moment for P.J. Fleck to kind of make it or break it. Obviously, it's Minnesota, so your expectations have to be tempered. 
But I think if they cover 14-point spread for Ohio State, I think that's a win for Minnesota fans. If they have a good game, go out and show that they can play with the big boys and be close and competitive, I think that's a win for Minnesota. I would love for the Golden Gophers to just knock off Ohio State in the first game. I would absolutely love it. I just don't know if I'm ballsy enough to go on the record making that prediction. It's tough. It's tough. It you tough. want. You're right, Siege. It is tough. It is very, very tough. But I have to tell you, I do have the balls to make this pick, and I'll tell you why. I was in Colorado this past weekend, a beautiful place where you can get on the Barstool Sportsbook app and place live sporting bets. And guess who has a money line Minnesota pick locked into their phone, bet slip in hand? Guess who, Siege? It's me. I do. I I took Minnesota money line, not a lot of money, but I put the bet out there. I put it into some parlays too, so I've got a lot of exposure to Minnesota beating Ohio State. And I think it's actually going to happen. I think this is we've talked about Ohio State being down, so we have to rep that. I think as a podcast, we need to rep Ohio State falling right now, and I'm, that's what I'm doing. And I mean, the truth is, I'm probably going to be dead wrong, and Minnesota's going to lose by. 28 points, but I think P.J. Fleck is going to have this team prepared. I think this is going to be the best Minnesota team Ohio State has played ever, ever in the history of the program, and I think if there's a chance for them to knock off the Ohio State Buckeyes, it's this weekend, and that's that. Can't wait to watch. All right, see, time to move on down the slate. we got a good Friday night game, too. It's not often that you have a good Thursday night game and a good Friday night game that have conference play in it, so this is a great opening week. We've got UNC at Virginia Tech. Mac Brown in his second year at UNC getting ready to come in. His most hyped team since he's been at Texas. Got a great quarterback versus Justin Fuente, whose job is 100% on the line this season if he can't perform at Virginia Tech. Fuente. So I like I like Virginia Tech in this game. I do. I'm, I'm going to put my balls on the line here, Blake. And I say they beat him. I like that too, Siege. We agree on this because I think Virginia Tech is very underrated. And the problem with North Carolina and Mac Brown coach teams is that this is the game they lose. Like it's a game they shouldn't lose. They're going to have more talent. They have better recruits, but they're going to Blacksburg, Virginia, to play a hungry Virginia Tech team with a coach who has underperformed but has shown some bright spots throughout his career at Virginia Tech. He's had some wins. He's had some. A little bit of success, not as much as he would want, not as much as Virginia Tech fans would want. But I think they're going to have a solid squad this year, and I think that they're going to beat North Carolina in the upset. I couldn't agree with you more, Steve. I love it. Also, people forget that North Carolina lost a lot of talent. Two best wide receivers and two best running backs out the door to the NFL. So be on the lookout. Unproven wide receivers still have Sam Howell. I'm calling Virginia Tech in an upset. Let's get us into the weekend. The, the prime slate of games, our Saturday slate. First game up on the list, another conference game, Big Ten action. We got Penn State and Wisconsin in the opening week, which is very, very interesting. Love it. Let's hear your thoughts on Penn State and Wisconsin. I said I'm taking Penn State because Wisconsin absolutely sucks. Actually, wait, switch that around. <laughs> I'm all right, Siege, love that pick. You know I'm high on the Badgers this year. You know I think they're going to win the Big Ten. 
we do have different takes on who's going to win the Big Ten, but I think we can both agree with this. Wisconsin should have the clear advantage in this game. They have more experience, more depth. They have a returning quarterback. This really should be a, a kind of easy win for them. I mean, if they're going to be a competitive team, they should win this one easily. And if they get challenged, I, I'm going to have to take back, rethink my whole Big Ten strategy because I will have been completely wrong. So I'm predicting a big win for Wisconsin as well. Penn State sucks. That's what we, that's what we both can agree upon. Penn State stinks. They're not a good football team. And they're not going to challenge the Wisconsin Badgers. All right, let's move over. Let's go to the West Coast for a second, Siege. Let's talk about a game of teams that traditionally this might be a, this might be a no-brainer win for one of these teams. But this year may be a little different. We're talking UCLA Bruins versus the LSU Tigers. I want to hear your thoughts on this game. We covered it a little bit last week. I want to see if anything has changed in your mind leading up to this game. Or, or if you still kind of feel that uh, UCLA has the potential to win this game. I know their talent is better than UCLA, but is their coaching and their cohesiveness better? That's what I'm looking for. I'm going to say Coach O gets it done, Blake. Coach O gets it done, beats Chip Kelly's visor, and, and we're saying go Tigers in week three. Absolute trash pick. Absolute trash pick. I thought we were, I thought we were building something here. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I thought we were building something here, Siege. We're going with underdogs, new teams to take it around. You sound like you want Texas and OU to just go to the SEC. I mean, SEC homer over here. TCU hasn't been invited yet. Hey, 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 don't go that far. All right, I'll tell you why I think you're wrong. I don't think Edo gets it done. I think he's coaching for his job this year. And I think UCLA proved last week that they can have some offensive firepower. Even though Hawaii's garbage, I get it. But them scoring 44 points is not something that you've really seen UCLA do in the last couple of years. Maybe a game or two. But they looked crisp. They took care of business. And I think that they're primed and ready to go to beat LSU. That's just my opinion. I think they're going to win the, the Pac-12. And I think they're going to beat LSU. I think the SEC is always overrated. I mean, the top of the SEC is great. The middle of the SEC is just kind of like the middle of every conference in the country. And the bottom is worse, I think. Vanderbilt, trash. Tennessee, trash. A lot of trash at the bottom of the SEC. So LSU is a middle-tier team at best in the SEC, and I think they're, that UCLA is a top-tier team in the Pac-12. So I'm taking that top tier of the Pac-12 over mid-tier SEC, and I'm taking UCLA. That's Oh, Blake, I don't like that pick at all. You're taking – LSU is more talented than UCLA, yes or no? Uh, I, I don't – I think it's a coin toss. Oh, Wow. Okay, I, I completely disagree. I think LSU is much more talented than UCLA. They're coming off a national championship two years ago, Blake. The recruiting did not slow down. Those freshmen last year are sophomores this year, and I think they go out, and I, I think they, they, they're going to beat UCLA. They, they are. I guarantee it. So if you're talking about talent on four-star, five-star bullshit rivals, yeah, sure, LSU has more talent. But where the difference, in my opinion, is Chip Kelly is a 10 to 20 times better player developer than Ed Ogeron. I love Ed O. He's a great motivator, not a player developer. It's just not what he's done. Whenever he's had success, it's been from recruiting and just having more talent than everyone else. And LSU doesn't have more talent than everyone else this year. They are, I think they're a middle tier 
talent team. They don't have the experience. They don't have any of the great receivers that they had on the national championship team. They don't have Joe Burrow like they had on the national championship team. They don't have the running backs that they had on that team. And the defense is severely depleted from where they were two years ago, and I don't think they've filled all those holes. While on the other hand, Chip Kelly has been slowly building UCLA into a team that can rival any other team in his conference. So while LSU has been going downhill since their national championship, UCLA has been going uphill, and I think this is the game that proves it for him. That being said, if LSU goes out and rocks them, then, yeah, I was wrong, and my, my thoughts on Chip Kelly's <laughs> player development are incorrect. But I think looking at the full history of what they've both done, I think Chip Kelly has proven that he can develop players, and I think that's what we're going to finally see this year at UCLA. Who has he developed? Who has he developed? Who is Chip? Who? What? What player has gone into Chip I mean, Marcus Mariota was a freaking stud. DeAnthony Thomas, LaMichael James. We can list off the guys that that were nobodies before they they came to Oregon and then turned into superstars. Mariota was like the number one recruit in the nation. I think that's wrong. I don't think he was the number one recruit in the nation. I thought he was under recruited. He was a highly recruited. That's right. Highly he recruited. turned him into a, a four-star superstar and and made him a great player. I mean, Oregon wasn't the most talented team on the fields when they were winning all those games. Yeah, they were very good. They had a lot of speed, but they were within a great system built by Chip Kelly. You're not wrong. Chip Kelly did build a good system ten years ago. So we'll see. We'll see how it, how it shows up. This is this is a big game for him. He had some middling success in the NFL. People forget that that he had a decent season or two in the NFL between both the 49ers and the Eagles. But, like I said, you're right. It's been a decade since he's really proven himself. So we have to take this all with a grain of salt until he really does yep. it on the field. But I think this is the year you This is going to be a great game. I mean, this, this is really Chip team. Kelly's prove-it game. And we'll yeah. see. I could be wrong. They may go out and beat the hell out of LSU. And I'm, and I'm coming back on next week, and I'm going to be – praising chip kelly saying he's the greatest coach of all time i may be wrong but right now i'm going with who's won a national championship and who has the talent and it's not chip kelly fair fair that's i mean that's fair this will be a proving game so we'll see next week what happens live i think it'll be a great game too i think ucla pulls it out by seven to ten points probably i like it perfect all right let's move right on down the slate we got notre dame and florida state so this is, a, this is one that I talked about a little bit last week. I think Florida State is going to knock off Notre Dame. And it's not because Florida State's good, but I think it's because I think Notre Dame is the most overrated team in the country, one of the most overrated teams in the country. So I'm taking Florida State. They're playing at home, I believe, unless, I'm, unless I was looking at the schedule wrong, which, you know, that happens to us from time to time on this podcast. I think that Notre Dame's going to fall in the opener to Florida State. You know, Blake, this is something we can agree on finally. I think Notre Dame is extremely overrated this year. They have been in the past. They pretty much are every year. Let's be honest. Last year, they had a wonderful season, got absolutely destroyed by Alabama. I like. I think they're overrated. They lost so much talent. They don't have a proven quarterback. I'm going to p- go with FSU, too. We're in agreement on this one. Let's go. Florida State, the Seminoles, coming in with the upset to beat Notre Dame. I'm all here for it. Obviously, with our record, you know we're probably going to be wrong on some of these upset picks. But who cares? If you're having fun, if you're in a state with legal betting, hammer Florida State plus 7.5. Just do it. Do it for the beer bottle QBs. Do it for your own self. Because if, if they win, 
the payout's probably pretty good. Yeah, they're gonna cover seven and a half. That's a lot of points to give up at home to an unproven Notre Dame team. True. Yeah, true. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. The Vegas lines, you'd think the number nine team in the nation against a unranked team would have a lot higher line than minus seven and a half. So Vegas may know something. They may know something. That's true. All right. We got one more of the, the kind of middle tier games, I would call it, and then we can get into the real cream of the crop stuff. You wanted to talk about this one specifically, CJ, and I believe you may have made a prediction on it last week. Texas versus UL Lafayette meeting of ranked teams, number 21, 23, if you listen to any of those dumb AP polls. Siege, are you still picking the Raging Cajuns to upset the Texas Longhorns? Blake, I've been going back and forth on this one. Just kidding, I have not. I am picking the Raging Cajuns the whole way, baby. I'm rolling with the crawfish. We're taking the Raging Cajuns to the house. They have experience hungry they're playing a brand new quarterback a brand new coach a brand new defensive scheme at ut this is a hard hard first game for the university of texas i'm rolling with the raging cajuns this is an incredibly tough draw for steve sarkeesian's first game not only because ul lafayette because it's a top 25 team it's because it's ul lafayette and when this game was scheduled it was supposed to be a, a slapdick game UL Lafayette was supposed to be a nobody, but they've turned into a real program. They've had a lot of success on the field. They are very well coached, and it stinks that Steve Sarkeesian might have to lose his first game to the Raging Cajuns. I, I honestly, I'm with you, Siege. I'm taking the Raging Cajuns. Sorry, Dad. We're taking the Raging Cajuns. I think they're going to beat UT. I think it's a phenomenal pick, Siege, and I think it's upset City. T- Texas is unproven at quarterback. Steve Sarkeesian is unproven as a head coach in the Big 12 Conference. I think this is going to be an absolutely electric game as far as content. I think it's going to be back and forth, and it seems very Texas to lose this game. Basically, the Raging Cajun Super Bowl, Blake. They have to win this game to be relevant. They lose this game. They can have a good go have a good but you're still going to be left with a bad taste in the mouth. They are going to go in, guns blazing, pull out all the stops to try and win this game. Absolutely, absolutely. And Siege, since we're talking about my dad, I think it's time that we address the bet live on the podcast. After last week's episode, my lovely father uh, said he was disappointed for the the lack of love for the horns. He's really going to dislike this episode then. But we're going to run back our famous Camus bet. My father's going to buy up, both of us, a nice bottle of Camus. It's like a $80 bottle of wine. And But if Texas wins the Big 12, we're going to buy him a bottle of Camus. I love it. I love this bet. We do it every year. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, you know it is. It, it's a lot of fun to be drinking Camus uh, every year. So I, I don't think uh, – I think he's up in the stakes. He's, he's tired of losing to us because last year it was just if we beat Texas. Now it's, it's we got to win the Big 12. This one's a little bit more uh, at stake. It'll be a little bit more challenging to capture this bottle of Camus, but that makes it all the sweeter. So, Dad, we happily accept your bet. Shoot me a te- I'm sure you'll shoot us a text after this whenever you listen. So, thank you for that. We'll, we'll hopefully be enjoying our Camus at the end of the year with TC Horn Frogs winning a Big 12 championship. But with that siege, we've got a bunch of upsets on the table today. Let's get into our cream of the crop, the final couple of games. Which one do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Bama-Miami or Georgia-Clemson? Because they're both phenomenal matchups to have opening up the season. 
may have been hinting at a prediction last week for this one. So I'm interested. So we want to start with Alabama-Miami? Alabama-Miami. Yeah, I mean, I think Miami is going to be a very good team. I do not think they're going to beat Alabama. I do think they cover, though. So I think let me let me pull up the spread. All right, so I found one spread. I don't know why it's so hard to find spreads on the Internet. It's not like sports gambling is legal in half the country now. But Alabama's an 18.5 points favorite. 18.5, yeah. So that's a pretty hefty spread. So I think Miami for sure covers. I don't think they win, though. I think they're probably lose by 14 points. If I had to put like a number on it, I think 14 is the right number. I think they can possibly get it up to 7, get within a touchdown late. I feel like they're going to be down 14 going into the kind of final five minutes of the game. Maybe they get a trash touchdown and Saban goes nuts uh, after winning a game. But, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't throw Miami up. I love the U. I think they're going to be back. But Alabama is too good this year for the Miami Hurricanes and for everyone on their schedule. I mean, no argument from me here. I think Miami is better than than 18.5 points, uh, to be honest with you. So I'm going to – not blowouts when they play, um, you know, a major team. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Miami to cover and lose by about ten. Nice, like it. So we both got Miami covering. Alabama Crimson Tide winning a big opener. This might be the most challenging game that Nick Saban has had for an opener in a long time. I can't remember one off the top of my head. There was a couple that people thought, like the Michigan, a couple other ones that Alabama just ended up smashing them in. So hopefully that doesn't happen to us and we look like fools. But I like Miami in a in a cover situation. Don't like them to win, but is what it is. All right, Siege. Let's get into the, the final game. Clemson, Georgia. Maybe one of the most important games of the season coming early. We got a team that's considered could possibly win the SEC. They're highly hyped. Both of the teams have very, very talented quarterbacks with a decent amount, not a ton of experience for DJ Ugalele. JT Daniels is kind of up and down on experience as well. But people are very high on both these guys, very high on both these teams. I think Georgia's the odds-on favor to win the SEC East. Clemson is obviously the odds-on favor to win the ACC. Let me hear your thoughts. I'm just intrigued to hear what you're thinking about this game. Uh, Blake, this is a tough one. This is a very two very good opponents to open the year, right? DJ is unproven, but he has all the talent in the world and honestly played incredible last year for Trevor. There was not a drop-off at quarterback um, when Trevor Lawrence went out. DJ is incredible. He gets another offseason to get bigger, faster, stronger, more poised, work with the first team. I think Clemson beats Georgia by 14, Blake. I'm not sold on the Georgia Bulldogs. I think same old Kirby Smart team, a really good squad, but cannot beat the best of the best. I think Clemson has ascended to a different level, to that Alabama level with DJ, and I think they go out and really put it to Georgia. I actually think it's gonna. It's not even going to be that close. I think Clemson's very, very good. I think they win by 21 to 28, and this just sets them on the path on another unstoppable season, stomping through the ACC. Clemson may have four NFL players on their D-line in the front. All, all four of them may go in the NFL draft the first two rounds this year is what some experts are saying. I haven't seen it. I haven't watched them play a game yet. 
But that's what NFL scouts are saying. I mean, this team is incredible. They just reload. They're at the point with Alabama where they reload. They don't they don't have to develop anymore. They just reload with the next guy. Their number twos are just as good as their number ones. They just need an opportunity. I agree with you, Blake. I don't think it's that close. I think I think it's more of a 14-point game than 21-28, but I don't think it's I don't think it's close. I think it's a easily handled 14-point win by Clemson. Yeah, people. I mean, people forget that the only games that this team has really lost in the last couple of years. You had Notre Dame when DJ Ugalele was like having his first time really playing in a college football game, and he played well, but he wasn't Trevor Lawrence last year. He just wasn't. The other couple games were in the playoff in the national championship game, where their best defensive players were kicked out of the game for stupid targeting calls. So like they weren't playing. They were playing without Skowski or Skowski, right? I think that's how you pronounce Skals- it. Skalski? Yeah, yeah. Skalski or Skals- They're playing without Turner. I mean, they're playing out with their, their the guys that make their defense run because the stupid refs are throwing bullshit targeting calls across the board. So that, those are the only times they've really lost in the last three years. You can argue that they should have lost that Ohio State game back, what I think it was three or four years ago, whatever. Doesn't matter to me. I think Clemson's an elite team, and I think they're going to show it today. Not today. We'll I agree. Again. Yeah, completely right. agree, Blake. This has been a phenomenal episode. We have a lot of great upset picks. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully, we figured out our technical difficulties. Now that I'm producing the show, Siege, things uh, things aren't going to be as tight uh, on the editing side as they were with uh, Ben. But he's on to bigger and better things. So you'll have to bear with us until I learn uh, all this software stuff. Hey, if if you want a perfect podcast, go elsewhere. You come you come to us for the truth and for just the the griminess and love of college football. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. I may actually try to work that into the intro, that little quote. Come for us for the truth and the grimy love of college football. That's electric. All right. Love it. Siege, any final words for the, the thousands of fans out there? Go Frogs. We start our march to the Big 12 title and beyond on Saturday. Huge win versus Duquesne. Let's go. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, go tune into our Instagram, TikTok. It's at the Beer Bottle QBs. We may have a little writing about how Barstool Sports can save the Big 12 and gambling content and things like that. Uh, on our website, www.thebeerbottlecubies.com. So go check out all that fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast. Drop us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks. Bye.